0: Welcome to the Jeepers Sleepers, and you are now listening to Chapter 1 of Maleficent. The Blue Dew Fairy flew quickly away from the young boy as his frightening furry creature. With his frightening furry creature as she made her way farther and farther into the moors. The sun set farther and farther into the horizon, re- releasing hues of brilliant pinks, purples, and blues. The sky grew darker, and the sounds of nature became louder. There were, there were hoops and owls, the crying of the crows browsed the crows And the buzzing and the buzzing of the drones and the buzzing of the drone, the buzzing, of the, dr- the buzzing drone of bugs as they w- as they went from flower to flower behind her. The trees provided a natural barrier to the world faded into the distance. but a bigger and older one came into view. Bigger and older ones came into view. The trunks wrangled in color from dark to brown to light to gray, as they rose high into the sky, creating the canopy that provided the roof of sorts for the moors below. Within the canopy, the birds called to one another, while the squirrels raced from branch to branch, undaunted by the height. The flurry moved quickly along as she passed a large pond with a group of flurries splashed about, sending water droplets glittering into the air. Waving, a con- waving, cont- waving, she continued on flying up over the hill and down through the small glen. She veered to the right at a large tree that was split in two. And made her way through the field of bright red flowers and stretched on the nary ten tree things. Blinks. Beyond another pond. Beyond that, that was beyond that was another pond. This one murkier with a dark cave at the end that was home to the family of muggins. She ducked her head so not to make eye, tap, eye contact. The tiny creatures with their big ears and foreheads were always wrinkled as they tend to worry about everything. They're sweet, but they were just a bit too relaxed with their housekeeping for her taste. The Dew Fairy's wings beat faster and faster. Finally, she arrived at the beautiful wooden grove, the Flary Mound, It was a heavy heart of moors it was the very, it was the very heart of Moors. The mound was special place. Was the mound was a special place for all who lived there, imbued, imbued with magic. The flaring mound practically pulsed with energy drawn from the creatures, and flora inhabited it. A naturally circular. It consisted of large beet pogs, several main streams, several, several mall stre- small streams, and taking up most of the room, a large tree that sat perched above everything, landing on a small rock on the edge of a bog. On the edge of a bog, they knew that f- Flair. They knew that the dew fairy looked around and smiled. No. At the edge of the bog, the dew fairy looked around and smiled, happy to be home to see familiar faces. There was a grunt of a warbleg as he sat un, un- as he sat his unglanly body onto the, mug, onto the muggy bog to join the several other creatures that had long, pointy ears and hung out from the sides of their heads and thick and fridged with pink. Together they sat their slobber they sat their slobber dripping into the bog, creating more mud, which helped it survive. Farther down from the bog, purple fish like creatures with huge eyes and huge mouths filtered dirty water through their Net like fins making it fresh and clean once more. Nearby, the group of stone flares, gray hair, less creatures that look like rocks they worked with, kept themselves busy arranging stones in the row. Clean streams help the water flow everywhere and wood. Everywhere in the wooded grove the creatures worked together to keep the natural balance and harmony. The middle of it sat a Roman tree, an enormous and insane, insane The tree trunk twisted up into a thick long branch into thick long branches down to a mossy maze. A perfectly curled, of perfectly curled roots. Shiny leaves covered the branches. And when the moon caught them in just right, they cast green light that stone through the grove. Sitting against the sturdy trunk was a beautifully human-sized flurry, her baby cradled up in one arm. The flurry's raven-colored hair, stone in moonlight, shone in moonlight. And her expensive wings gracefully race- rested above them both, extended. Oh no, that wasn't. Expensive. It wasn't extended either. <laughs> Suddenly, an unfurled branches are over her, and she made the. Oh, she. She raised her hand above her, making the night blossoms suddenly unfurl on the branches over her. Herd. She made the leaves and flowers dance, swaying to the tune of her song as her daughter was lulled to sleep. Priming up, called a warm voice behind her. Suddenly, a tall, handsome flary appeared by her side. It was her husband, Lysander. His green eyes gleaming and brightly as the stars above them. Shh, she chimed gently. She's fast asleep. Ah, she is. He smiled and tilted his head, basking at the vision of his sleeping beauty. He bent down to kiss his daughter on the forehead and embraced his wife. How'd it go? She asked. And once he settled in, once he settled in, and then... Next against the Roman tree. Rowan tree. He sighed, his brow furring into a frown. It didn't. The humans didn't come. I waited for the. I waited for the border until sunset, then headed back. Hermia mulled over the information. Knowing the implications of one more day and lost their efforts for having witnessed countless atta- having witnessed countless attacks annotated by their kind. Though most fierce folk are distrusted by all humans, having witnessed countless attacks indicated by their kind, Lysander and Hermia yeah. believe that they cannot judge the whole species on the actions of a few. That peace between races was possible. In fact, for years, they had forged relationships with local farmers and shepherds. These folks were proof that they were humans who appreciate nature as much as they did. In fact, the seeds for their home, the Roman tree, had come as a gift for one of the family who thanked them for for helping with their crops after a drought. And just with a touch, their magical coaxing, of their magical coaxing, they are turned into seeds, and their are spendable, they are turned into seeds, and this spendable a pod. A piece of nature reverted back, though, reverted by all creatures of the Moors, despite its origins. However, it seems their new, fragile harmony with the humans have As delicate with the humans, as delicate as a twig, was in danger of snapping. Centuries the Centuries? Centuries, the twelve foot tall leg tree, creatures who guarded the border and um, had already had alerted the Fair that the humans and order had been poking around the area, which greatly alarmed most of the flarings. They thought it was sure a sign that the new batch of humans were looking to invade the moors of his riches and start a new war hoping to break the long-standing cycle of violence lysander had go- decided to go to the border and gave peace talks what did the lysander make of it the hermia the hermia, hermia asked referencing to one of the towering border, border guards he was concerned they have been coming to the Great Waterfall every day since At the same time for a week and has been strange. They suddenly stopped their visits. Hermia didn't respond. The so silence was thick between between them, but they had each knew that there another thing was on each other's minds. The foolish hope that perhaps these humans merely wanted to explore the moors or this where their mission was miraculous, they had abandoned it. The fear that had missed the, the fear that they had missed the opportunity to change the course of history to the great peaceful en- environment in which their daughter would grow The un- the inevitable foreboding tension in the air tomorrow. Lansander said, breaking the silence, I will return tomorrow. And I will go with you. Hermia said, I need to be there. Maleficent will be in good hands with the others. mild wind breezed through the branches, Hermia rested her head on Lansander's shoulder. He rested with his hand on hers. With that, despite the heaviness in their hearts, they joined their daughter in the calm sleep under the rustling leaves of the rowan tree. There was screeching of the birds first, then the screaming. We're heading to the front lines, Lysander explained. Robin looked at them for a moment, then, then he nodded. He knew about their long-standing efforts to indicate peace and how much it would, mean, how it well would you mean to stop the fighting for good. Arguing with them would just only be a waste of time. All right, then, he replied. But follow me to the bar. To the bar, on your way there. Don't think. Don't think I could hold her. Don't think I could hold her myself. The flares flew single file, silent and muted in the loud, in the loud disorder around them. Only when Maleficent was kissed by her parents, gently placed inside of a cozy burrow, and surrounded by a mel- melage of colorful creatures co- cooling over her, and then. And did any of them over over her, did any of them speak? Thank you, Lysander said to Robin meaningfully. We'll be back as soon as we can. Then Hermia swiftly took off. and Then he and Hermia swiftly took off into the black night once more, heading towards the loud noise and flashing lights at the border. Until they looked at small raven soaring in the sky. As soon as they were out of sight, Robin turned to the resting baby. Her lips slightly parted, and her stomach moving with sleepy waves of breath. 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 She did not know that her parents had just flown off into danger, so the moors would have thrived once more. Keep sleeping, love. He whispered. We'll look after you. that is the end of chapter one of maleficent i hope you had a good read well listen and i'll see you next monday on jeeper sleepers